post-COVID 2020, however you want to refer to it, um, well, there's a couple things going on. So people, understandably, uh, have a new appreciation for uh, what is possible in terms of flexibility, wouldn't you say? Um, because we had to, like we had to adapt. So people come from a different perspective now. They're like, I know this is possible. What can you give to me? Because I've seen this happen, right? So employers also now have to adjust and be ready for that reasonable expectation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, we're doing something a little special, a little different. Yes, we have tiaras on. In fact, today is one big celebration because today we officially turn one. Yay! Too bad we couldn't have smash cakes. Wouldn't that have been fun? Just a little smash right there. But we are so excited. One year, so much fun, so many guests, and not to mention a bunch of laughs. We have navigated a lot of things together. I just cannot believe all that we've accomplished in one year. What about you, Kathleen? You know, some of the festivities we're going to have later on today is we might have something special, but we're also going to share some of the insights that we have gained from this year. And wow, there's so much that we've gained. A little birdie who might have also been wearing a tiara told me that we might have someone very, very special joining us in the studio today. That's right. We are going to have Kirsten Renner from Accenture Federal Services join us. She was our first guest and she was able to give us sort of what was going on in the cleared community at that time. And now we're going to ask her what's going on here a year later. And a little tidbit, Kirsten actually gave me this crown, so I thought I'd wear it. Oh, she's just the best, isn't she? Yes, she is. So when we look back at this last year, I don't even know where to begin. We've had 52, yes, I hope you're sitting down, 52 episodes. That's over 1,000 minutes you can go back and listen to, my friends. And we've interviewed 37 employers representing the cleared community. We've also been joined by our security clearance expert, Tony Kuhn. He's been on at least three times, and we can't wait to have him back for season two. Yes, we cannot. But in addition to all of that, you know, we've had a number of bonus episodes that range from just tips on video interviewing, how to really write that bang up, amazing cleared resume, networking, avoiding the, you know, boom, 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 employment scams, and even a little throwback featuring some of our best military transition advice, resume advice. And did we mention we've had an awful lot of fun? We've had an awful lot of fun. We've had, oh, I think a few puppies. I think we've had a few babies. We've had a few additional fun things. But, you know, it's been a really amazing journey. And I've learned a lot from our guests because I think that is one thing that I've really enjoyed about this show is that they've given us a new perspective on remote work, which was something that we never thought would happen within the cleared community. Many recruiters joined us and said, you know, it was before uh, ancillary nice to have, but now it's a critical issue that's really pushing the boundaries within the security cleared community in many ways. How do we talk to our customers? How do we recruit people? How do we navigate supporting the mission, but also being 
you know, remote or hybrid. It's great listening to so many different perspectives on the show, but we've also heard about some really new options. We have, and I just love that your glass or mug as the case may be, is always full. And really that you've been able to, you know, really highlight in all of these conversations. And many of our guests have really just promoted that through the pandemic, the silver lining that came out of that was remote work. But even though we know remote and hybrid positions and cleared communities, um, there's way more than there used to be. It's still super, super competitive. So not all clear jobs are remote. So they go fast. They go lightning fast. Remember when we spoke with Kitty from Geologics who told us that our remote jobs were closing in 12 hours, literally because of the sheer number of people who wanted to work remotely. But also the flexibility of a lot of our government clients have given them an opportunity to really explore options. And I was really impressed with Tom Foos from Armada that told us his highest turnover positions Now that they can offer hybrid remote, they're able to keep those positions filled more quickly and more consistently. Absolutely. Or even our our sweet friend, Miss Molly, she raised a really, really important point that it's more rare um, in the cleared community that you're going to have 100% remote positions long term. She explained how a number of the contracts that are fully remote during COVID are starting to transition into like a hybrid schedule, maybe two days in the office, three days remote, you know, something along those lines. But obviously some work just, it, it really just cannot be done at home. True. I mean, that's right. There are so many roles that require people to have, uh, you know, a CI or a full scope poly, and those positions are going to be in a SCIF, and those positions are not going to be remote. There may be some hybrid. We've seen many of our government agency clients offer different options with that, with some opportunities to work a, a slightly different schedule. So I think it's interesting that there's been a lot of innovation over the last few years. So much innovation, and it, it's it's refreshing to see. I kind of got outside of those little boxes and said, what can we do? And I remember DJ Brown at Data Haven Solutions talked about just the hybrid roles that are 33% remote, meaning that they work on site for two weeks. And then the third week, they support unclassified systems remotely. I thought it was really, really creative. And it was just a really gosh darn it, cool option. Yeah, and I think that one thing that we've really noticed is that culture has really become very important and culture of innovation. And it's interesting how many companies were just really revamping their culture. But as I have said before, if you didn't have culture during the pandemic, if you didn't really walk your talk during the pandemic, it showed. So culture used to be a really bland statement, but now it really has legs. Companies are doing more with it, and it's really important factor of the recruiting that you can really be able to share what your culture is to prospective job seekers. And Kathleen, I'm going to throw you a little curveball here because you may or may not remember this one because I... I don't want to brag, but I had the distinct pleasure of talking with our friend, Miss Courtney, when we had the discussion with Daryl over at Jacobs. I think you were out, I don't know, probably doing something amazing Mm -hmm. and fun, but shout out to Courtney, who is an absolute fabulous co-host and an incredibly important part of this team. 
We love our Courtney. I've worked with Courtney for so long, and I was so happy that she was able to join our team. So yeah, shout out to Miss Courtney if you're listening to us. So Rachel, what in the world did you and Courtney talk with Daryl from Jacobs about? I want to hear. I know. I was getting excited. I was like, time out, time out. I can't wait to tell you more about my conversation (laughs) uh, with Daryl. But yes, we had an absolutely fantastic conversation. Um, It made Jacob sound really warm, fuzzy, kind of like my attire today, uh, but said that it's a culture of caring. In fact, they start out their meetings with a culture, like a culture care moment. So before they really dive into business, get into talking about results and what needs to be done, they just start with a little heart to heart. They talk about something completely off subject, something non-related to work, um, because they just really want to make sure they tie into their people. They want to be conscious of their people's feelings. They want to know about what goes on with life. They're really promoting that life work balance that I think is just so incredible and just so amazing. I I really like it that companies are understanding that they really need to share their culture, but that their culture, you know, we all talk about taking care of our employees. But as you just pointed out, you know, it's okay to share what's going on in your life, especially when you're all supporting the mission. It's really important. I remember that you were really impressed with our interview with Blue Halo, where 50% of their new employees come from referrals. I, I, yes, I know. I know you were tired of hearing me talk about it afterwards, but it is, it's really just such a testament to the company is doing something right. We asked Sarah about the secret sauce. You know, we like to talk about sauce here, food, puppies, babies, (laughs) all of those things, but we really drilled into the secret sauce of their culture. And I think it had something to do with chili. Yeah, chili. Sarah told us about their chili cook-offs, their family barbecues, their Friday lunches, tickets to baseball, hockey games, pickleball, happy hours, the list go on. Yeah, we talk about food here a lot. (laughs) You're right. I mean, we do. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Clear jobs, (laughs) food, tomato, tomato. Yes. Um, But I... I really did love when Sarah was talking about you build the best teams inside the building by building the best teams outside of the building. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Well, there's one person that I'm friends with outside the building and inside the community and in our hearts. Let's bring in Kirsten Renner. Hey, Kirsten, how are you doing? Hello. I I am so glad that you're able to join us for this special celebratory episode, and you recently joined us for a special bonus episode on employment scans, but your first appearance on our podcast was our very first episode a whole year ago. And just have to say, we are so glad you are back, and thanks for coming to our first birthday party today. <laughs> so what have you noticed differently? in the cleared community over this last year? Ooh, um, well, post-COVID 2020, however you want to refer to it, um, well, there's a couple things going on. So people, understandably, uh, have a new appreciation for uh, what is possible in terms of flexibility, wouldn't you say? Um, because we had to, like we had to adapt. So people come from a different perspective now. They're like, I know this is possible. What can you give to me? Because I've seen this happen, right? So employers also now have to adjust and be ready for that reasonable expectation from people. 
Also, if you've been to the store lately, uh, you can see the receipts. And um, people also, understandably, um, they need more money to live, right? We just, we just do. So, so those are two things that I think are rather significant uh, that, uh, that em- employers need to be ready for because this is what the candidates need. We know they're people and they live in this world. And, uh, and so we have to be able to adjust to those two pretty significant things, I think. People needing and wanting to be able to pay their bills and uh, and having more flexibility now that we we know what we're capable of because we had to uh, we had to adapt. Absolutely, the twelve dollar eggs gotta love them, right? Yes. <laughs> so now to bring it just back a little bit internally, what have you noticed that's really changed at AFS within the last year? Oh my gosh, I, I gotta say, if you can imagine integrating a fifteen. 15- Hundred person company or twelve hundred person company into a ten thousand plus size company is is a task within itself. I think at some point all of us have been impacted by something like a merger or an acquisition. I myself have been through uh, quite a few in uh, my career journey, and I got to say this is the first time that the acquiring organization didn't just hand over the rules and say adjust. <laughs> they uh, they actually, uh, across the board, were like, um, hey, let's let's take a look at, you know, what's going, what what worked over here and what worked over here and 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 see what we can do to combine the 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 goodness of both things and turn it into one fantastic thing. Uh, reimagining all the processes every step of the way and and in recruiting in particular with the candidate and their experience in mind every step in the process as as detailed as you can imagine we have uh, reexamined all of them and uh, and looked at how to how to do them better and that's that's a lot of stakeholders and uh, and a lot of very very careful thoughtful work to do that so so a lot has changed and a lot is changing that's great to hear cuz i know that in the government contracting community, there are a lot of merges, mergers that typically go on. I mean, it's it's not something that goes through in waves. It's something that happens on a continual basis. And I know it's something that a lot of job seekers are concerned about when they're, you know, interested in one type of company and then it's acquired by another company and they're trying to you know, see if that really is going to change the way the work is happening. And, you know, you've always talked about how you're being brought into conversations at Accenture Federal Services as far as the integration of recruiting and how they can make things better. But being an Army mom, I also wanted to know if you have seen any improvements or changes in support for transitioning military over the last year. I mean, that's a special topic that you and I talk about frequently, but what have you noticed differently for transitioning military this year? It just so happens that uh, this is fresh on my mind. It's always on my mind. It's close to my heart, as you uh, implied. Uh, but I, I happen to recently be uh, speaking with a few colleagues um, that over the years I either helped or recruited or, or I'm in the process of doing so. And I gathered them and said, 
I want you all to look at, you know, three questions about the journey either that you're in or, or that you went through previously and what would have made it easier and what do you see that's happening different now because they're still actively, you know, th- th- you never leave your your brothers behind, right? Like so they are your colleagues and so they're still connected in the communities and, and seeing what's happening differently. I will say I did ask my recruiters also um, recently what they are seeing differently. They said they're seeing a lot of a lot of active duty service members and transitioning service members have a lot more technical skills than they had previously. Um, and, and I've noticed the same thing. The branches must be doing more skilling and uh, transferable skills, uh, usefulness, because before there was a lot of, I would love to get into, and but then they didn't have they needed a lot more runway to get to get them there into the you know the place where they had something trans, um, transferable. I will also say there's a huge uptick, huge uptick in the um, inquiries with regard to DoD Skillbridge recently, and it's happening a lot sooner. I know timing is a very very key element in the you know when do I start looking? When do I start thinking? When do I start trying to figure out? Is it 18 months? Is it 36 months? Is it 12 months? And you see a lot of people coming in with their inquiries at different stages. Um, so it's a, a lot more people. It's happening sooner. And uh, one other element that I've heard from the transitioning members that are uh, reaching out is they have noticed that a lot of the um, participating employers are not committing to conversion after fellowship, which is surprising because I thought that was like part of the what you agree to as a, a participating vendor. So all that being said, I'm wondering if service members need to be a little bit more careful or a little bit more thoughtful uh, just with the market being kind of how it is right now mm-hmm. as they're wondering what to step into, you know, when they leave their the security of what they have now. Yeah, I think you and I were talking about that a little bit earlier with it being sort of more, I don't want to say difficult economic times, but before when we were looking at transitioning military, a lot of folks were saying that they just wanted to get out early and that they, you know, did did one or two tours and then they left. And then they had a lot of challenges with transitioning into the civilian sector. So I think one thing that you and I talk about a lot is having a lot of perspective and a lot of thinking that goes in before you do that that big job, before you do that transition. Really talk to your family, really look at your career, really look at the opportunities and you know where you want to go. Rachel? Well, it's almost time. Yes, the rumors are true. The sugar craving is coming about, it's almost time to break out our desserts. But we've learned so very much this year. We can't, I can't even tell you all of the things that I've learned, all of the wonderful people that I've had the opportunity just to get to connect with and learn from. But I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. Just all of the knowledge. There's some personal takeaways that I know that I've had and I have a really strong inkling, Kathleen, that you've probably had some personal aha moments along this journey. Anything you want to share? with us? 
Um, I really was resistant to doing a podcast. I am, you know, doing the podcast really scared me in the beginning. I'm a bit of a, a perfectionist and I was terrified. You know, every one of us are a perfectionist. <laughs> but um, along the way, uh, my team, all of them who are so fabulous, Ashley and her intern and uh, Courtney and Rob and Nancy, all who have done such a great job at prepping me and prepping you that um, we're we're here and we we learned a lot. So, yeah, it's been a very personal and professional learning year for myself. Learning and having fun. I just can't think of anything any better. So this is supposed to be a professional and serious podcast, but we laugh and we have a lot of fun and we have babies and we have dogs because that is our life. So what time is it, Rachel? You know, it's time to light these bad boys up, I tell you. Here we go. (laughs) To my wonderful co-host, to my wonderful guests, to all of our audience listeners, here is thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this journey. And let's enjoy our cupcakes. Yay! Thanks, everyone. It's a trick candle. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>